Hey, this is Greg. And Zach. Welcome back to the Harvest Gate podcast. Today is the first episode in our new format. We'll be talking about our June update on all things Harvest Gate, the conclusion of our metric series with a chat about numbers, and we'll explain these changes to the Harvest Gate podcast and what to expect moving forward. Zach, good morning. Morning, Greg. I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to tell everybody about what's going on with Harvestgate, what's going on with the podcast. Uh, if you missed us last week, we were preparing and kind of planning uh, changes that we wanted to do moving forward. So we'll talk about those in just a couple minutes. But I wanted to start uh, this morning with just a quick chat about uh, coffee. Have you had any good coffee lately, Zach? Yes. And... Um, actually the cup that I'm having this morning is pretty delicious. I made it perfectly, I think. Um, but, um, I'm mostly just excited that our local coffee house has opened back up for business. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's river road coffee house. Uh, we've talked about them in the past. Um, we still aren't able to go and like hang out there, but at least we can go and get coffee. And so that has been that's been exciting. It's been good. Um, so it's probably been, you know, it's, um, that freedom drink is always a good one. <laughs> Tate, freedom tastes so delicious. Oh um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, Emily and I have been out to uh river road as well, at least once. I think we've been through a Starbucks, uh, in the last week or so. And, uh, you know, for anyone listening outside of Ohio quarantine lifted maybe a couple weeks ago, a lot of places have reopened, but with different kinds of restrictions and, you know, shields and <clears throat> all kinds of stuff like that. But I think it's a great time to to get out and support your local businesses, your local coffee houses. You know, they've they've likely been through a tough period uh, where mm-hmm. they maybe weren't allowed to be open or uh, if they were open, very few people were coming through. Uh, I know River Road in Newark closed completely, uh, even though they had a drive-through. They could have had that drive-through open, but it was you know they, it's hard to get enough people through in enough time to really make that worthwhile. So uh, if you can, and if you weren't too affected by COVID nineteen shutdown, get out and support your local coffee house, local coffee houses, and local restaurants and businesses, man. Um. I have a friend who who had a restaurant. He had two restaurants in two different locations, um, and um, he had to let go thirty five employees uh, at the start of all of this. And yeah. one of his locations is not going to be opening back up. So, support local. It's awesome, uh, and I can tell you, um, maybe not personally, but from secondhand knowledge, that uh, those local business owners really appreciate. Uh, you stand and buy them. So, so keep that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it takes us on to a good opportunity to kind of talk about other things that have changed, not really as a result of uh, quarantine, but just kind of as a result of timing. Um, I want to take a minute to just sort of talk about the podcast, uh, the format change that we're going to, what that means sort of moving forward. Um when we started the the Harvestgate podcast, we started that really at the beginning of Harvestgate when the idea was still very fresh and new, and mm-hmm. uh, we really wanted to document 
the process, right? That was one of the things that we talked about a lot early on. And uh, we've documented the process through a pretty bizarre time. I don't think we foresaw, you know, a, a global pandemic as part of the, uh, you know, part of the variables to consider. Let's as we just got say started. it was not in the strategic plan. No, no, of not launching. really. <laughs> no, but I don't think it was in anybody's plan, right? I, you know, I think it's kind of caught everybody off guard and by surprise the world over. So. Um, that being said, we have kind of come to a point where we have covered a lot of the uh, sort of history of Harvestgate. The how did the idea come about? Who's part of our team? Uh, how are we going to try and do church? How are we measuring our success? Um, you know, what are our core values? We've really, uh, I think, done a good job from the beginning of clearly defining who and what we are and. Uh, I think now we're at a point where we want to sort of sustain uh, the sort of dis dissemination of information to uh, a more manageable level. You know, we have uh, less of this kind of story to tell that, uh, you know, about how that this happened. And we want to start telling the story of what we're doing and why we're doing it sort of in the moment. Uh, and so with that, we're going to move to uh instead of every week we're going to have two episodes per month uh so it'll be sort of like today is june 2020 part one there will be a june 2020 part two in two weeks and we'll be releasing the second and fourth sundays of each month uh so you can kind of expect a little bit first different release schedule and then a little bit of a different format in the podcast itself where we're going to kind of break it into small segments uh, where we talk about coffee, where we talk about, you know, an update on what's going on with Harvestgate, where we have, you know, uh, maybe a guest or uh, something like that. So it'll be kind of a little bit, a uh, little bit different, mixing it up a little bit it should be fun. Uh, and that's something to keep an eye on over the next, yeah, every two weeks, just about. Yeah, and this will be a big exercise in teaching Zach to shut up. <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, we're we're hoping to uh give people a little bit of time back as we have maybe less information to give through the podcast and then encourage them, you know, if you have that extra 45 minutes in your week, maybe you can join us uh in person or virtually for one of our services, which kind of takes me on to our uh monthly update. So let's kind of go through some updates on uh, Harvestgate and specifically with services, how are things going with services recently? Zach, tell us about that. Well, Greg, you actually might be more qualified uh, than me on that, but I'm <laughs> really excited. This past week, we had our first in-person, like solely in-person, not online meeting or uh, service. And it was, uh, I mean, I loved it. It was, it felt so good um because there were there were people who were part of our service who we had not met um face to face yet yeah um they were only um i said i'm really i think i told them i'm really glad to know that you're not just some internet uh like uh apparition or something like that <laughs> you weren't you weren't being catfished is that what you're saying yeah uh, they're actual <laughs> real people um with real stories and 
so that that was really good, really encouraging. Um, I, you know, we uh, we met this week and we shared a meal together, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I ate, I ate way too much. I have to say, as usual. Well, it was your birthday. So it, and it was only a day after yours. So happy birthday to us this past yes. week. Yeah, we are now as old as Jesus was when he, uh, yeah, in his final year of life. Hopefully, <laughs> not our final year of life. Ooh, yeah, uh, cross fingers. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was one of the first things that Greg and I actually learned about each other is I, um, that we our birthdays are a day apart from one another. So. Um, happy birthday to you, Greg. Yeah, um, and I should also say shout out to my good friend Tim and his wife Andrea, who had their baby boy on my birthday. They went into the hospital on yours, and I said, guys, just give it 12 hours. You know, <laughs> I think they texted us that they were heading in at noon uh, on June 9th. I was like, just give it, you know, give it another uh, 12 hours, and let's let's share birthdays. So I get to share my birthday with their uh, their cute little boy. So. That's exciting. Oh, bully for you. Good job. Um, congratulations, Tim. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, way, to, way to go. New babies are <laughs> way awesome. To go. Way, to, way to be there, Tim. And good job, Andrea, as I'm yes, sure you had to do good more. good job, Andrea. Yes. <laughs> um, that's... Uh, but I, I do want to go back to uh, the service real quick because it was really nice to get together with everybody. Um, you know, it's been a long time since we've been able to gather as a community or with friends in a lot of places in a lot of ways with family. Um, so it was really cool to get together. Uh, I do want to remind anybody listening that you're still welcome to join us in person or virtually. Uh, you know, if we have anybody reach out or somebody can't make it in person, we will still uh, welcome them via zoom or other technology uh, to, to get them involved and connected with our services. Um, but Zach, can you tell us briefly, what have we been talking about in our services? What have we been learning about? What is the, uh, kind of lesson, uh, that we've been working on been, or can you tell us maybe about also the, the format of the service? How does it, uh, sort of break down? Yeah. So, um, we think that it's important that we share a meal together, um, uh, that it's not, uh, you know, there's something spiritual that happens when we, when we come together and eat food. Um, and I, uh, I could be mistaken here. It's either 40% or 40 times. I can't remember which, um, of Jesus's interaction in scripture, uh, with people it's around food. Um, and so there's, I I think that there's something holy that happens when we share a meal together. So we share a meal together. Um, and, um, you know, we just talk and have fun and get to know each other. Um, and then we, um, we move into our service portion of things and we usually start with prayer. Uh, and then, um, so I have somebody in the group pray, uh, and then I conclude that prayer with, uh, it's called a centering prayer, um, to remind us of God's presence. And it, uh, the prayer goes like this, uh, Christ, we acknowledge you. Christ above us, very God of very God, Christ below us, incarnate of the earth, Christ before us when seen, and Christ behind us when unseen, Christ at our right hand in our strength, and Christ at our left hand in our weakness, 
Christ all around us, filling all things with himself, and Christ within us, formed by faith. And um, so this is the, the prayer that we that reminds us, that hopefully slows us down a little bit so that we can re, uh, acknowledge and uh, create space for the presence of God. Um, and so we pray that prayer, and then we move into, uh, we recite the Apostles' Creed. And um, we do this because there are many things within um, within the world uh, and even within Christianity that we could disagree on. And what I have found is we tend to major in the minors and minor in the majors within Christianity. And um, so we we essentially just end up becoming jerks to one another. Um, but if we if we can all come to this understanding um, that um, the essentials of our faith are really found in the Apostles' Creed, um, Greg, maybe sometime we can do a, a a segment on the Apostles' Creed and what kind of what that breaks down there. But mm-hmm. um, um, but we recite this together and we say like these are the essentials of faith. If you agree with these things, like you're a brother or a sister. Um, and there's no need to, you know, we can have conversation and we can, uh, have fun debate about other things, but, um, uh, these, these things found within the apostles creed are our primary tenets of faith. So we do that just to remind ourselves, uh, that, um, of what we are unified on. And that is, uh, Primarily Jesus and his atoning uh, work um, on the cross and our place for our sins and the life that he lived and the things that he taught us and, um, uh, you know, things about the Trinity and things about uh, church and humanity. I think that those are uh, just some basic things that we need to come to agreement upon. And then from there, uh, we move into our teaching time. Uh, teaching slash conversation time. So it's it's different than probably what I would call a traditional church. Um, not better, just different. Um, and so uh, a traditional church, generally there's uh, a pastor who gets up and preaches for anywhere from 25 to 60 minutes. Um, and everybody just sits quietly and they don't raise hands and they don't uh, give any input or any of their own interpretation. It's basically one guy who has all of the answers, and I say that facetiously. Uh, one guy who has all the answers, telling everybody else uh, what it is that they need to know and believe. Um, so, um, so what we do differently is I have a teaching, um, and hopefully I'm getting better at this, but. Uh, we have a teaching, and I have prompting questions that I ask throughout um, to encourage people uh, to to share their their thoughts, their comments, their questions, their doubts, their pushbacks, the things that anger them about the passage, the things that uh, make them uh, that encourage them about the passage. Um, 
And so we have been going through the book of John this past week. We are in John chapter 8. And um, there's a video series called The Lumo Project, L-U-M-O. And they have uh, these really great videos. And Greg, I'm going to ask you about those videos here in just a moment. Um, these really great videos um, that um, it reads scripture, like I, I believe that from the, the NIV translation, uh, but there are um, actors who are acting out the parts, not, not like... So scripture is being read kind of like as a narrator, and then they have uh, actors who are acting things out, and there's like real life noises and real conversations happening in the 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 language of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. But those those are pulled down. Like it's some good audio uh, mixing, I'll, I'll say. Uh, so you can hear them talking, but it's it's uh, what you're primarily hearing is the the scripture narration. And these videos are really great because they're played by uh, people from the Middle East primarily. And so they're people who don't look like us. Uh, And I say us, I mean you and I, Greg. Um, uh, So they're not white. Mm -hmm. um, And which is probably a more accurate description of what Jesus looked like. Uh, And uh, I think that they do a really good job with these. with the telling of scripture through this way. And so it's a way for us to engage in scripture and maybe to see it from a different perspective than what we have been reading it on paper. Um, and so we, uh, we teach through the, uh, we've just been teaching through the book of John right now. And so, so Greg, I'm kind of curious to know what your thoughts are about um, these videos. Cause this is not to say that you've never engaged in scripture before, but this is, like you grew up in church and you're familiar with a lot of the Bible stories, but how does how do these videos um, engage you? Are they engaging for you? Um, what are your thoughts about these these videos that we've been watching? Yeah, you know, uh, I have to say, and I'll I'll just go from my perspective because I know everybody's different. Um, but I'm a very visual person i'm a like when when it comes to learning i'm a visual learner when it comes to uh you know processing and like understanding things i kind of do it externally i talk it out i i you know maybe write it down or have a conversation with somebody or even just kind of talk it out out loud to myself and just about everything i do so having a medium uh video i connect with that much much more and can pay attention and and stay engaged with it better than I can with any other medium. If it were somebody reading it to me, if I was reading it myself, like each of those is kind of a step down uh, for me and my ability to pay attention and and retain the information or, you know, something like that. So, and I should clarify, I'm kind of like ADHD anyways. So like the (laughs) visuals really help. (laughs) Just if keeping, keeping my attention, is kind of priority one <clears throat> for me to learn anything uh, or to get anything out of it. So I think it's interesting that it is uh, that it's going through the scripture itself and also giving you the visuals. So you're kind of getting, a, a, you know, for me anyways, 
uh, I'm getting more out of it just learning and following along than I would trying to read it. Yeah. And probably on a, on a less spiritual side of things, um, as a, um, as a media kind of guy, um, who cares about excellence, what do you think about the quality of these videos? Do you think that they're done well? Oh yeah. The production value is really good. You know, it's, it's high resolution, really well shot. Um, you know, I, I could go into like technical terminology, but I think the point is if you enjoy watching, you know, quality content on, you know, on television or in movies or, or you know, streaming content or whatever, you're not going to be disappointed by, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the way that it's filmed or the actors or something like the, like you said, the people look like they're the indigenous people that lived there that would have been there in that time. Uh, you know, one of the things I like most is one of the Pharisees, I think, uh, mm-hmm. is, is only got like four teeth. And you're yes. like, that's, and he's older. And you're like, that's, that seems right. Like for yes. the time for 2000 years ago or, or whenever it's taking place. And I'm, again, I'm probably wrong on the, the specific timing, but, um, you know, that is kind of what you would expect. Like someone of that age, probably they don't have dentists, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that these, the, the videos are even the CGI of it. So like, you know, it'll say like in Jerusalem and then it'll show like a, like a, like a, a shot of the city of Jerusalem in that day. And it's done really well, I think. So, um, but so those videos have been really encouraging to me, uh, really helpful for me uh, and have given me a new perspective of, of engaging in the scripture. So again, that's Lumo project. Uh, L-U-M-O, um, and they have YouTube channels that just go, it's like the Book of John. Um, and so, really cool, really well done. Um, mm-hmm. So after our teaching, we have a, uh, I, I ask questions, uh, reflective questions that help people to think maybe a little deeper, um, or maybe not even deeper, but just how how might this teaching apply to our life? here today in 2020. Uh, so how, uh, so we have these reflection questions, uh, and then we move into a time of communion and we do communion, uh, every week. Uh, some churches, they do it once a year, once a quarter, you know, I don't know, but, uh, once a month. Uh, mm-hmm. but we, um, my personal conviction is that communion is something that needs to happen on a regular basis, uh, because through communion, we are reminded, uh, we're, we're called to remember uh, what it is that Jesus did for us. We are called into uh, communion. Uh, again, you can't have uh, communion without union. So we're called into communion with, uh, with Christ and with people. Um, we're called uh, to join him in his suffering so that we can join him in his resurrection. Um, it's a, it's a reminder. It's a time of giving thanks. There's just so much that we find in communion. And so we, we think that it's important. Uh, I say we, my, my conviction is, is that communion is something that we need to do on a regular basis. So we, 
we partake in communion and then we uh, wrap up our service. And then like the other day, uh, we finished our service and we just hung out and talked for a while, um, which I loved. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, talked about life and got to know one another. So that was really good. Certainly not unlike good. not unlike what happens in many churches when the service is over. There's probably half of the the congregation is around, you know, uh, uh, wandering around and chit chatting with everybody that they know and uh, the people that they they connect with there. So thank you for taking us through that. I hope that gives uh, you know listeners an idea of what a Harvest Gate service is like. We would love to have you, uh, yeah. Zach. How can they get in touch with you? directly about uh coming and joining us yeah so i mean they can always uh reach out to us through our facebook page uh there in the the messenger you can drop us a message or leave a comment uh you can also email me at zach at harvestgate.org and that's zach z-a-c-k not z-a-c-h or z-a-c-k or sorry z-a-k or z-a-c but z-a-c-k um, or XAQ, you know, maybe that's a, a version of it. Um, but Z-A-C-K at harvestgate.org is a way that you can reach out to me. Excellent. So Zach, I want to move us on to our final segment for today, uh, where we conclude our growth metric series that we've been talking about uh, over the past month or so, um, maybe month and a half at this point. Uh, Tell us uh, just one more time, what are our four metrics that we measure HarvestGate's success by and which one are we chatting about today? Yeah, so our four growth metrics are growing in maturity, growing in unity, growing in favor, uh, and growing in numbers. And we might say it this way, that's upward, inward, outwards, and onwards growth. Um, so just a, a real quick recap of what those are. Growing in maturity is growing in our relationship, our personal and corporate relationship with Christ. Um, mm-hmm. um, growing in unity or growing inward is our is growing together as a faith community. So that can be as as narrow as uh, our own. Uh, Harvestgate Church, or it could be as broad as uh, the entire Christian community, but growing in favor that way. Um, Growing in favor uh, or growing outward is growing in our relationships, um, so long as it depends on us, uh, with the the, uh, unbelieving world, so that we might have a a good relationship with them. Um, so, because there are sadly in the world, um, there are many churches that do not, uh, who are not viewed favorably by the world. And we want to, uh, we want to, again, as long as it depends on us, uh, be, uh, honorable, uh, with those outside of the church, uh, because, those outside of the church are not our enemies. They, they are, uh, they are friends. They are, um, you know, they are fellow human beings. Um, so we want to do that as long as we do not um, uh, compromise the gospel. 
uh, we're going to do everything in our power to to live favorably with those people. Um, and then finally, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is growing in numbers. Um, and uh, so this is always one I'm always hesitant to talk about because there are so many uh, scary paths that we can go down if we talk about how we want to grow in numbers. Because, and we've talked about mm-hmm. this before, that if our if our metric becomes our like the thing that we're shooting for, then it ceases to be a good metric. Yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I wrote this down in my notes as we're kind of preparing for this uh, this growth metric series portion that. You know, very clearly early on, I think in the first uh, one for maturity, we talked about the fact that we we don't want that to be a thing, right? We don't want to uh, kind of over focus on the numbers, the the specific uh, metrics themselves, because then you know the the why we're doing it uh, sort of loses value, and it becomes how do we how do we push the needle rather than you know why are we pushing it or what are we doing to push it? That's positive. Right. So talk about that a little bit. Like how, how does that then, you know, factor in, is it symbolic that numbers is the last one that we're talking about, for example, it is very symbolic um, because I think I've said it this way before. um, Numbers is the only one that we have no say over how it, how or if it grows. Um, Mm -hmm. We believe uh, that if we're doing our first three uh, metrics well, that's growth and maturity, in unity, and in favor. If we do those well, then um, our hope is that God will bless it and we will grow in numbers. Um, and the reason, so if if what we're saying is, well, we don't want to become all about the numbers, uh, but we're still going to count the numbers, um, it might sound like we're being hypocritical. It might sound like we're just talking out of both sides of our mouth. Um, But here's the thing. Numbers are important, but they are not primary. Um, Mm -hmm. Because here's the reality is healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And so if you have a baby and you take them for the six-month checkout and – they have not gained any weight and they have not gotten any taller or longer, whichever way you want to look at it. And um, the doctor's going to go, something's wrong. Um, um, are you like, are you feeding your child? Are they malnourished? Uh, are they, it's, it's going to be these, um, there's going to be concerns if there's not growth. And so uh, healthy things grow. We hope to be, um, our plan is to be a multiplicative church that as we grow, we are not just collecting people, but we're sending people to go start other house churches and other businesses and other nonprofits and other uh, for profits and other uh, traditional kinds of churches. We want to be um, a, a church that that multiplies. Um, and so. Numbers are important, and I'll even say this. God cares about the numbers. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible called Numbers. Um, And, uh, you know, I think early on, it might have been in our first metrics piece that we talked about um, 
this this uh, this passage in the book of Acts chapter two, where it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, uh, and to prayer, and it lists all of these things that they did. You know, they met daily in the temple courts. They met in one another's homes. They sold everything as there was a need. They gave uh, to those who were less fortunate. Uh, they uh, they were in awe as there were as many signs and wonders being performed. And then the final verse of that chapter says, and the Lord added to their number the daily those who were being saved. Um, at Pentecost, it says, and 3,000 new believers, or, and 3,000 people were uh, uh, baptized that day. Um, and, and then it starts saying um, things like, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And you move on elsewhere in in the book of Acts, and it says, uh, and their numbers were beyond counting. And then it starts talking about multiplying churches and congregations and all over the place. So numbers are important, but we don't pander to our numbers. That might be the best way that I can say it. We don't pander to our numbers. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I'm not going to... Uh, so that we can cook the books, so to speak, um, force people into doing things. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say like, Hey, Greg, we really need, we need, we need to get a baptism under our belt. So can I baptize you so that we can say that we did it? Um, <laughs> like we want, we want the the Holy spirit to move. We want, uh, God, uh, to move in mighty ways. And we want people to grow in maturity and unity and favor. Uh, but we're not going to push things so that we're, uh, you know, uh, trying to make us look good. Yeah. You know, if, I think if we were just trying to sort of arbitrarily or artificially inflate numbers, we would be, you know, uh, knocking on doors and standing on the corner with a sign that's like log into our Zoom meeting so we can say there were 20 people instead of, you know, eight or something like I think the number is not the the like while it is something that's easy to measure, it does not in and of itself speak to the quality of something uh, yes. or or what was discussed. There might be. You know, maybe you have a hundred people at your service, but if what you're talking about is not accurate and you're misinterpreting information or you're uh, misguiding people on what they should do with that information, uh, who the only then then I'm actually concerned that there's so many people there <laughs> rather yeah. than uh, rather than the fact that oh, good for you, you have a hundred people. So I think I'm I like that we have a kind of quality first approach do things the right way for the right reasons numbers can be a uh a an effect of that right yes and so some of the things that we will check the numbers on um and and i just have a list here um but again these are questions that we ask are these things happening if they're not um then we need to maybe relook at our approach as to um as to is what we're doing being effective um so again it's what we're hearing but also what we're not hearing that we're we've talked about that in previous podcasts um but uh so our new people attending gathering opportunities so Mm -hmm. here's the thing 
Uh, if people, you know, I'm not saying we need to have new people every week, but if if the community that we have here is not inviting people, I've been in church uh, situations before where I wanted to invite somebody to church, but I didn't because I knew the church was not healthy. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm here, I'm committed to here, but like, I don't really feel comfortable inviting somebody right now uh, because our church is just not in a healthy place and I don't want to do that to them. And so if, if our people aren't comfortable with inviting other people, um, there's an issue there. Um, um, and you know, there's something to be said that when the people who are there are excited about it and they uh, are feeling the momentum and they are um, uh, engaging, like, word of mouth is the best way to spread things. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're talking in the secular world or in the, you know, in the business world or in the church world, word of mouth is the best thing. I mean, we can make a great website. We can have a good uh, podcast. We can you know, do all the greatest things, but the absolute best is word of mouth. Um, so our, so our new people gathering or attending our gathering opportunities, our alpha groups launching, um, which that is kind of on hold until we can uh, find a space, but alpha groups are um, something we can probably talk about in another podcast. Um, our D groups or discipleship groups forming are, people getting baptized, our new leaders being equipped for ministry, our new micro churches starting, or our new uh, churches or networks being planted, our new businesses starting. These are the kinds of things that we care about. And some of these are going to take, you know, it's going to take a lot more time for a new business Mm -hmm. to start than it will for uh, new people to attend, hopefully. Um, So, um, those are just some of the things that we want to have our our the pulse on, but it's uh, they're not primary, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it definitely does. Uh, and you know, I'm encouraged when we uh, look at and talk about this both on the podcast and when we're kind of trying to plan it. I think we one of the first things in our mind is that the numbers are not the the most important part, and mm-hmm it's one of those things about like modern business and capitalism that I don't like is that people like businesses do things for only the sake of a few specific numbers and nothing else matters. And, you know, their, their decision to be uh, environmentally conscious or to treat their employees well is almost like a PR thing. Well, is that going to do good things for our stock price? What if you just did good things, right? Yeah. Like doing good things can have positive effects uh, that can lead to your good numbers as well. So I think that is an approach that we endorse fully for ourselves. Um, so thank you for helping to clarify and help us understand that, Zach. Yeah, it kind of reminds me uh, in the business world. There's a there's something called a a B corp. Uh, it's a, it's a designate. So you know you have S corps and you have C corps and uh, well B corps is a relatively new thing and. That is so that your investors know. Um, B Corp is, I think it stands for uh, Benevolence Court uh, Corporation. And it's this idea that, you know, like we still want to make money. Like that's, that's good, but it's not our primary thing. It's a way to protect us from 
it's it's a way for the business to protect themselves against um, uh, their investors to say, listen, uh, yes, we want to make money, but money is not our bottom line. We want mm-hmm. to make sure that we're being um, uh, eco-friendly. We want to make sure that we're treating our employees well. And like, um, so we can spend more on the good insurance because we're not trying to, you know, make sure that our, our, that we launch with a really strong IPO. Um, and so it's, it's like the safeguard that's in place. Yeah. You know, money is important, but actually people are more important. So it's a safeguard. Um, these, these B Corps. Um, uh, in the same way, if I could translate that to, to the church world, sadly, this is not all churches. Um, and I want to be very, very clear about that. There are many, many, many wonderful churches. And then, uh, there are some that, that have lost focus. You know, we could probably even say the same thing, uh, with police officers, the majority of police officers are really good. There's been a couple who have um, a couple of bad apples who have made all of them look bad. Same mm-hmm. thing with the protesters with Black Lives Matters uh, and these um, these things for for racial e- equality. Um, the majority of protesters are very peaceful, but there is a couple of people who were rioting and who made them all look bad. Um, so in the same way, a majority of churches uh, have really good hearts and they're doing things really well. There are a couple uh, that they are so focused upon the numbers that it's about um, butts, budgets, and buildings. Um, and like that, that's what they care about. Um, this maybe is a way for us to say, you know what, we we want people in ministry over over good numbers. Um, and I, I'm so foolish enough to, to believe that if, uh, we focus on the right things, you know, there's a book that I was reading called business secrets of the Trappist monks. Um, and the, the whole idea is that they care about doing things with excellence. And because of that, uh, their businesses thrive. Um, and I believe that if we honor God um, by growing in maturity and unity and favor, that he will bring blessing. And if he doesn't, uh, that's um, that's his prerogative. But we have our responsibility to do, uh, as they say in Frozen 2, the next right thing. So <laughs> that's what, what I have to say What an appropriate place to end, an unexpected place to end, uh, a Frozen 2 quote for... Uh, the first in our new format. Zach, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, reach out to us on social media or contact Zach directly if you want to connect with Harvestgate in any way. We'd love to hear from you or have you join us at one of our services. Uh, but that's it for June 2020 Part 1. We'll be back in two weeks with Part 2. Uh, thank you for listening. And Zach, thank you again for your time. It's been fun. Follow us on social media at Harvestgate Network. There are several ways you can engage with us and support the Harvestgate Network at harvestgate.org. You can subscribe to the Harvestgate podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you're as excited as we are about this project, please consider supporting us by sharing, joining our prayer team, or donating on our website. 
Thanks for listening to the Harvestgate podcast, connecting faith to families, communities, and marketplaces.